Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and it is Tuesday, May 30th, 2017, and we are on episode number 76. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Carl Bird. Mr. Bird, how are we doing today? What's going on, y'all? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Who was that supposed to be? I don't know. I just did it. <laughs> okay. Uh, was that supposed to be like uh, Yondu, Michael Rooker? I don't know. Okay. I just did it. <laughs> I really just don't. I just changed my voice and jo- that just came out. That's what came out. All right. Well, uh, we'll go with that then. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're back once again. Uh, strictly audio format this week. Uh, however, next week we'll be primed and ready hopefully for the facebook live episodes so we got a good setup uh for you guys uh starting next week onwards and uh yeah we just hope you enjoy this week's episode we got a bunch of stuff to get into uh main topic of course being uh season three of empire which wrapped last wednesday you know we got plenty to talk about in that for school that on that front yeah yeah now my wednesdays are like nah, nah. yeah um yeah, I just at least I don't have to rush home anymore. Eh, true. I, I mean, you get off of work at eight, and I'm just like, oh, shit, I gotta make it, I gotta make it. <laughs> Risk getting a couple of speeding tickets and whatnot. Although what I do is I just uh, wait until they're available on Hulu, and I just watch them the next day. Which is, yeah, the next day. But I like I like the I like the conversations. I like I, I mean I grew up in an era where we had to wait for our TV shows to come on, and mm-hmm. if you miss it, you missed it. That's it. And if you catch it, you got a whole week to talk about it. I That's why I came up, and I still enjoy that. Okay, I, I see you. But, uh, you know, with TV being what it is, I don't think there's that problem really exists anymore. Not really, no. With, you know, with streaming and everything. But, I mean, the, there's still conversation there, but it's just shorter. Yeah, that's true. You can prolong a whole conversation on a weekly show. You can prolong a whole conversation about it for, the, for an entire week. Yeah. Indeed. And then with streaming, you're like, oh, you can talk about it. You can talk about the whole season, and then, like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. It's pros and cons. There is. Uh, although I, I prefer, uh, you know, more modern standards of TV watching. You know, you can stay in the 90s if you want, but that's just Listen, you. the 90s were a great time. Yeah, they were. But TV's gotten way better since then. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I do not disagree with the. I'm not saying I'm disagreeing with the whole um, binge watching format, but I'm just saying that I still enjoy watching shows week by week. That's what's up. Cool. All. all right. I mean, I mean, we all. I mean, HBO sticks to that format too with Game of Thrones coming yes. up in July. July 18th, I believe. Mm, sounds about right. Yeah, which I'm sure Maurice will definitely get on watching. Get it, Maurice. Get it. <laughs> yeah, he's totally not going to watch it. He's not at all. He's still waiting for the books, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Such a great episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. What you been up to, man, this past week? Not much. Um, I did get into like a few shows, a few um, specials. Uh, I can start off with the latest WWE 24 documentary on Finn Balor. Uh, which documented um, his uh, from his injury back at last year's SummerSlam, mm-hmm. when when he won the Universal Title, to having to relinquish it the next day due to his uh, shoulder injury. So it chrono it um, chronalizes his um, 
you know, his rehab. He uh, took some time and went back home to Ireland for the, to, you know, for the holidays. So he went back to uh, where he got his start in the Indies. And then uh, he talked about his time in Japan, um, you know, the formation of the Bullet Club and just the whole nine until his uh, triumphal return on uh, WrestleMania Monday uh, this past this past uh, April. So um, very good, you know, very good. It, it's it's a fine example that when you have to just like you have to go back to your core. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you made it to you made it to you achieve your goals, but sometimes you got to go back to your core and just remember where like where um, what motivates you mm-hmm. to get where you're at now. Yeah, you catch my drift. So I was, you know, I was, I really enjoyed that. And then also on Netflix, uh, the new uh, Tracy Morgan staying alive comedy special okay. was out. Uh, hilarious. Uh, he still has it. Like he has his little opening montage where he's well, obviously it's called Staying Alive, mm-hmm. and um, he's walking around the streets of well, I want to say Brooklyn. It's definitely New York, but I want to say Brooklyn. And um. He's walking around with a Walmart bag full of money, just buying stuff, you know. So he was. It was good to see that he was able to like make light of his um, re, of his uh car accident that he suffered about a year or two ago. Oh, that must have been like about three years ago. Was it that long ago? Yeah, about two, three years ago. I want to say two. Yeah, because I remember it happened like I think it was like 2014. I want to say. Well, yeah, he de- well he talked about like his rehabilitation and all that, but he was able to make light about that. And I'm oh I'm, it it, it felt it was it felt good to see him, you know, being able to be fully recovered and still doing his thing. It was actually hilarious. So I highly recommend anybody who loves comedy, who just loves comedy, period, to just watch that and get a nice good laugh out of it. I definitely recommend it. And then uh, other than that, that's pretty much it. Okay, what's going on with you? Uh, nothing much. Uh, just been catching up on uh TV shows, uh, and and stuff as of late. Um, I got a question. Yeah, you started Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, I did. Have you continued from those two episodes? No, no you haven't. <laughs> I I haven't. I mean, I mean, it, it's an inter- interesting show, but I'll I'm putting it on the back burner because there are other shows that I want to get into. Like what? Well, The Pacific, which I started. It's another. Uh, it's a follow up to a Band of Brothers. Okay. It's another HBO miniseries. I just started that last weekend, um, and I'll, I'll I'll work my way through that. Um, I do want to watch. Start watching the show called Power, which I heard was really good. Oh, I'm I'm constantly hearing about Power, like especially you know with Fifty Cent in and me being in hit me being in hip hop and all that. Everybody who's around me, oh, you watch, you watch Empire? Yeah, it's cool. Oh, my God, you should watch Power. Like, I'll get into it eventually, and I just kind of never did. So yeah. eventually I'll get into it. Yeah, same thing. like a fire stick. Or something. I don't know. They're on Hulu now, aren't they? No. Um, no, I actually heard Power's on Hulu now. No, because it's, it's, it's a star show. I know that you have to get a subscription through Amazon Prime. You can watch it for like eight ninety nine a month. Um, I'd be surprised if it was on Hulu. If it, if it yeah, started, I did yeah. see. I did come across somebody on my Facebook timeline yelling, "Power's on Hulu!" So, I'll check it out to confirm it. Yeah, but but I know for a fact that it is on Amazon. But uh, yeah, I've I've watched a uh, I finished watching the uh, uh, miniseries "Shots Fired," 
which it, which aired on Fox uh, uh, this pa- this past spring. Um, it, it aired, I think, before an hour before Empire. Yes. So it was like the, it was like the mid season uh, mid season show. Um, it's a shots fired. Have you seen it? I always catch like the last fifteen minutes of it because I'm getting ready to watch Empire. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's a it's a it's a pretty compelling series. Uh, it's a, a ten episode miniseries, and it was created by Gina Prince Bythewood mm-hmm. and her husband Reggie Rock Bythewood. And uh, the show is is very topical, and it's a show that follows. Uh, it takes place in a small North Carolina town, and uh, North Carolina. Yeah, uh, it's in a, it's in this like small North Carolina town. It's been kind of like bubbling with like racial tension. Uh, between the cops and the black community, and uh, the all that tension comes comes to a head where where a black cop uh, shoots this unarmed white kid, this white teenager. Oh, so it's kind of a role reversal. Yeah, role reversal from what we usually hear in the news, and because of that, uh, uh, the Justice Department sends a, a the special prosecutor named Preston Terry uh, to investigate, along with the uh, the lead investigator uh, Ash Aquino. Uh, who's played by Sanaa Lathan. Mm-hmm. Yep, and she was really good in this. Yes, and uh, she was. Yeah. yeah I, that, those 15 minutes I watch, I don't even pay attention to the <laughs> plot. I'm just, I see Sanaa Lathan, I'm just like, yep. Well, you should de- you should definitely watch the whole show because you'll get a lot more, a lot more Sanaa Lathan goodness. Um, Preston Terry, uh, he's played by um, St- Stephen James. And uh, they're, they're both sent to investigate. And as they're investigating the shooting of this uh, unarmed white kid, they find that it's actually somehow connected to another unsolved shooting of this black kid, which happened just a few weeks before uh, their arrival. And uh, th- and throughout the whole uh, uh, show, like they're trying to discover the mystery between who who was behind the two, who was behind the uh, the unsolved shooting of the black kid, this kid named Joey Campbell, and how it connects to this uh, current shooting shooting that they're investigating. And it kind of delves into police corruption. As well as police brutality, it, it definitely touches into the whole Black Lives Matter movement, okay. uh, especially through this one character, um, who's this uh, preacher, this uh, local preacher named Janae James, who's uh, played by, um, oh, what's her name? Um, I was just talking talk about her a couple weeks ago. Um, this uh, this preacher, uh, played by Aisha Hines, I want to say, she was on Underground season two. She played the one with Ari Tubman, yeah, yeah. Um, she kind of figures figures into it somehow, and you're not. And even though she's very earnest, um, her 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 characters are is kind of interesting because like she she has this like she has this local church, and she's she's like building up her image, her following on social media. So her character kind of represents the power of social media and how it sheds light on these uh these instances of police brutality and whatnot, holding police accountable. But um, also, she kind of walks around with this uh, group of her own bodyguards called the Hands, which basically like these, basically like these these dudes that walk around and they kind of rough up like people who are up to no good in their neighborhoods. Like they got dealers. hands. Yeah, they got hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's a it's a it's a very interesting series. And uh, Will Patton he plays the uh, the sheriff of the police department, and he's kind of a kind of a shady character, as you'll find out. And Richard Dreyfus, he's in it. He plays this like old, uh, this old money rich white dude trying to build a prison in this <laughs> community. <laughs> um, Who does um? I know Mac, but Tristan Wilds is in the show. Who does he play? Oh yeah, he plays uh, Joshua Beck. He plays the the black cop who shoots the white kid. So he's like the prime sus. He's like the prime um, uh, 
subject of the investigation. Kid's like twelve. No, he, I know like, he's older, but yeah. he still looks like he's twelve. Yeah, I always, I always like black don't crack. It does certainly doesn't, and um, and his, and his character is kind of interesting too. In that you kind of see how he's wrestling with the fact that yeah, he 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 does he joined the force because he wants to do good, but he's also dealing with the fact that there are some people in the community that. Are criticizing him for joining the, the force that oh you're a sellout you're all this oh why do you you know you may you may be you may be blue but you're still black you know what i mean yeah and and you know, his his development is uh is kind of intriguing especially at the very last episode where you see the truth behind the actual shooting which i won't spoil and um sanaa lathan i gotta say man this was a really very good performance from her she plays this hard-nosed yet very troubled cop like she's still like as she's as she uh, as she's like investigating this case she has to deal with like you know her the custody battle custody battle uh, uh with her young daughter between her and her ex-husband and she's very temperamental she has anger issues um with hints of ptsd so she's kind of a hard ass at times um but she can she can whoop that ass too though like Damn. yeah so she's kind of badass um it's a it's a very it's a very good show um uh, like i said it's very insightful very topical um unfortunately fox decided to keep Can't it as as a miniseries so they just uh they didn't renew it for a second season yep they Wh- did not yeah which i guess maybe the show is speaking a little too much truth for fox to to, to handle but i think that maybe if they if they if uh gina gina prince and reggie rock decide to re revitalize the show maybe they can bring it back as like an anthology series where they can bring back the same actors uh playing different types of characters dealing with other uh themes of crime and race with other types of stories which w- which i think would be pretty cool because there's there's some there's some potential for that could be so yeah could um, be i never really watched the show like so uh, yeah it's I'm a, basically t- i'm basically taking your word for it but yeah you should definitely check it out it is available on hulu all 10 episodes uh, so shots fired definitely check it out um, and the other thing that i did watch which is available on netflix it's this uh, three-part documentary series called five came back and uh it's a documentary which is based on this book of the same name by mark harris and it's a documentary which follows uh the careers of five famous uh, film directors uh, during world war ii and their efforts during the war and these uh these filmmakers are uh, george stevens uh, frank capra John Houston, John Ford, and William Wyler, and uh, the, the 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 documentary series uh, chronicles like their efforts uh, during the World War II movement, how they applied their filmmaking uh, knowledge and talents to the war effort, like creating like uh, propaganda films, actually traveling with the um, with the infantry uh, during during the war, and how they were stationed at various parts of the globe, trying to document the war and uh, trying to you know. Trying to create their own uh, uh, propaganda pieces, if you will. Um, it's a it's a really insightful series. Uh, if you're into film history and into these uh, these particular filmmakers as well, um, the film also the, the documentary also features interviews with uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, Robert Zemeckis, Guillermo del Toro, uh, Lawrence Kasdan, and Paul Greengrass, and they also shed some additional insight on how influential their films were during that time. And Meryl Streep uh, narrates a documentary. Um, what's really co- also another thing that was really cool was that they kind of they kind of delve into how effective their propaganda films were, and that there was one there was one case where um, uh, 
I think Frank Capra, he was uh, he was commissioned to to direct this documentary documenting uh, black soldiers serving during World War Two called a Negro soldier. But as he was uh, him and uh, William Wyler were were commissioned to do this film. But then uh, William Wyler, he realized that the that 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 particular documentary, like the original aims of it were to actually make the black soldiers look bad because the 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 War Department was like, OK, well, you can film these black soldiers, but make sure that you don't film the soldiers that look too Negroid, look too black, or make sure that you know you 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 can valorize these soldiers, but make sure you, you don't make them you don't valorize them too much. You don't want to give them you know you don't want to give people the impression that these soldiers are brave, but not the bravest of the bunch. You know you don't want to make them look better than the white soldiers. And then like William Wyler was like, wait a minute, I I wait a minute, I, I'm a, I'm a Jew, I have family in Europe, and you're gonna tell me to make this racist ass piece? Get the hell out of here. So William Wyler he he left that project. And he stuck to his principles, and I thought that was really interesting because when you look at some of the propaganda pieces, um, they do portray the the Germans and the Nazis like as human, like they were monstrous, of course, but they still had their humanity. But yet, on the on the flip side, Americans also portrayed the Japanese because they bombed Pearl Harbor and they actually interned many Japanese uh, in internment camps here in the states. They they portrayed them as like very stereotypical, slanty eyed, buck tooth, you know, broken English and all that, very inhuman. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting to see how that that sort of that piece of the propaganda was uh was uh presented. Like like you can portray the the worst enemies as human, in this case the German Nazis, but you can't portray your own citizens, in this case many Japanese Americans, as human. Like how does that make any sense? But that was just one piece out of many insightful uh, things of, of the documentary. Uh, that's one I really recommend people checking out. Um, and also what's really cool is that you can watch all the uh, documentaries that were made by these directors on Netflix as well. Oh, they have them? Yep. So they have them all posted. So, yeah, definitely check out Five Came Back. Uh, really good stuff. All right. Anything else? Um, no, that's pretty much it. Uh, guess Damn, we don't do shit no more. <laughs> well, we, used to have, we all used to have like five different things that we would do, and well, I think it was because there, there were four of us at the time. That yeah. too, yeah. We but had, we all even it, even it, all, all of us, we had like five different things to do. Like we were reading and whatever. Yeah, we we got we got. I mean, fucking adult life. Nah, I mean we we got things to do, but I guess you know. Yeah, like I said, fucking adult life. <laughs> yeah, adult life is overrated. Kids don't grow up. Well. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue argue with that. It is, but <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, like, well, the only thing worse than getting old is not getting old. Think about it. I, but true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got some uh, news and items uh, tackling. We're going to tackle for this week. Uh, first of which, uh, E3 is coming up. And uh, the PlayStation E3 Experience 2017 has just been announced recently. Uh, Sony announced that their E3 2017 conference will air on Monday, June 12th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as 6 p.m. Pacific Time, in in around 80 in, in just about 85 theaters across the U.S., Canada, and Latin America. Unfortunately, Rhode Island is not among the listed uh, theaters. So, us fuck yeah. Yeah, so us Rhode Island residents, we got to catch it in our homes, streaming live. Uh, tickets are free, and registration is now open for those, particip- for those participating states and theaters. 
Okay. Black Cat and Silver Sable movies by Sony finds a director. Gina Prince, by the way, will be directing the, directing the film, which is set in Sony's Marvel Universe. Prince, by the way, directed the pilot for Cloak and Dagger, and she is the first black f- female filmmaker to direct a Marvel film, as well as the second solo female director to helm a Marvel film, first being Lexi Alexander for 2008's Punisher Warzone. Isn't um Lexi Alexander supposed to be directing the Chris Benoit movie that's supposedly in talks? I heard about that, yeah. I think her name was mentioned. Um, I mean, have you seen Punisher Warzone? No, I, I was like okay with Thomas Jane's portrayal, and then that was just kind of it. Yeah, uh, Punisher Warzone was it. It it wasn't good, but it was just how to describe it. It was it, it was just basically just cornball, kind of. Uh, so basically, the best Punisher is John Bernthal. Oh, without question. Oh, okay. You wouldn't um, put Dolph Lundgren. You wouldn't put Dolph Lundgren up there. No, he was trash. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it, you hate Dolph Lundgren. I don't hate Dolph Lundgren. I mean, Rocky Four is still a fine movie, but I you mean, can't name anything else good that he's done. He was in Universal Soldier, right? Possibly. He was in The Expendables. Oh, okay. The Expendables, the first he's, one, anyway. The other ones were enjoyable. Oh, the yeah. first one was the best one. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Well, I haven't seen two or three, so. Yeah, they're enjoyable. All right. But yeah, uh, uh, Black Cat and Silver Sable. Uh, what do you think about this, man? Hey, I'm all for it. Three different Marvel universes? Sure. Well, um, yeah, you're right. Three, because there's the Fox Marvel universe. Yes. And there's the main MCU, now, yeah. the, now Sony's. Um, I'm interested in seeing what uh, what Gina Prince-Bythewood has uh as far as uh, directing a comic book film, um, hopefully, maybe with maybe under a Sony's MCU, maybe she'll have a a, a lot more directorial like input or latitude rather than just have the suits direct, you know, kind of by default, but or by proxy rather. Well, Fox is starting to step up with Deadpool and Logan, so yeah, maybe just maybe, yeah, and Legion's been doing good. Been getting a lot of good reviews, so mm. maybe you know, Fox got that smack of the head, smack upside the head that they needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Sony, uh, take notes. Yeah, and uh, Black Cat's a and is a pretty you know semi popular character yeah. um, among Spider Man fans. So I'm looking forward to seeing who they cast as her, as well as Silver Sable, and seeing what uh, uh Gina Prince Bythewood has 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 up her sleeve as far as direct directing goes. Um. So that's some good news. Some bad news, however, on the flip side. Uh, yeah. Uh, Netflix has canceled The Get Down after one season. Yeah. Yep. Uh, go, ahead, go ahead, finish reading. Uh, apparently, a Netflix canceled Baz Luhrmann's show due to lower viewership and expensive production costs. Uh, reportedly, the show cost $120 million, which makes it Netflix's second most expensive series behind The Crown. Uh, Lerman did share his thoughts recently on his uh, Facebook page, and he suggested ideas of how we could continue the show, for example, doing a stage production, among other ideas. The Get Down will be, that would be an awesome Broadway show. Hmm. But I, for one, am disappointed in this news. Um, I, you know, as me being a hip-hop guy, me being a retired b-boy, 
You know, it hurt my, it, it, it kind of hurt my heart. That was like my, it was like the, it was like hip hop's Forrest Gump, you know, and um, it really just like captured the essence of like the early days of uh, hip hop and the come up. And, you know, I was really like into that show. I, I did get a sense of closure with the, with the way the season ended, but I still did want to see more. So, um, and then I put um, a lot of my family members onto that show, um, my aunt Noreen, for one, shout outs to her. She like called me. He was like, "Oh my God, Carl, I love to get down. That's my new show." Da, 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 da. And then my father, being a musician, I he you know, being a musician, he used to play around you know back in those days around that time. So he thoroughly enjoyed it, and it brought back a lot of memories for him. So uh, you know that was that that was something that felt it felt good. It, it was a feel good you know show for me, and you know, and it brought me back to. My G Rock family days and Carriage House and City Arts days when I was break dancing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it was a, it was a feel good show and uh, I'm sad to see it go. But I hope it does become like some type of Broadway show or something where it can keep going. You know, because it was a good it was a good show. Yeah, uh, it, it looks really interesting too. And you never watched it? I have not seen it yet. Like, how many episodes are there? Ten? No, eleven altogether. Okay, and I heard that uh, JD. Uh, Jaden Smith. He's pretty much playing himself, but he's <laughs> <laughs> is he a main character? Not the main character, but he's like uh Yeah, I was yeah, he I would probably consider him a supporting character, but he's like a he is part of the show. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's too bad. I mean I, th- I mean, it, it, I mean, I'll still, I'll still watch it, uh, nonetheless. I mean, if, especially if there's some sense of closure that can justify watching the series, yeah, then that's that's cool. Um, that does remind me, though, I do want to watch uh, that documentary series, Hip Hop Evolution. I heard that. I was... did. I, yeah, I, re- I reviewed it. Uh, I forgot which episode I did review it, but I did. It's only like four episodes, but mm. you'll enjoy that one as well. Yeah, if you're really interested in learning the hit, um the history of hip hop and hip hop culture definitely recommend that you watch that as well. Okay, nice. So yeah, sorry get down fans, but uh you know, hip hop still lives on though. It does. Yeah. It does. Well, another news, uh Animaniacs reboot being developed. Steven Spielberg, Amblin Television and Warner Brothers are bringing back the reboot of the popular 1990s animated s- series. Currently, there is no word on what network or platform it will be broadcast on. The original Emmy and Peabody Award-winning series saw a, spur, saw a surge excuse me, in popularity when it arrived on Netflix last year. I can admit, I was ecstatic when I saw it on Netflix, watched a couple of episodes. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm a kid again. And then I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> um, doesn't need it, but sure, I mean, any mini acts for this new generation would be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know that the the original series appealed to both kids and adults. Yeah, it, yeah, it really did. Yeah, so I could see it. I could see it was still working today. Um, yeah, because we're the adults now. Yeah, and uh, it, it'll be interesting seeing how uh, uh, current generations of kids could uh, would react to the show. Um, I think it still holds up from the few episodes that I did watch on on Netflix. Um, uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they bring to the table with this one. Um, also, that kind of also reminds me of another Steven Spielberg produced uh, show, uh, Freakazoid. Have you have you you remember that show? <laughs> I would love to see somebody cosplay as Freakazoid. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a Freakazoid cosplay. I have not, as far to my knowledge, I haven't seen one either. 
um, either online or in person. But that that was that was still a cool show. It I, was. It's not new. Oh man, yeah, man. I mean, hey, I mean, I mean, those those those. You'd be surprised at like how many of those old school shows, kids shows, still hold up. Those old school nineties uh, cartoons. Um, cartoons can last forever. I mean. Look at like Tom and Jerry and Bugs Bunny. I mean, oh of course, they, yeah. those been around for generations. Oh, absolutely. Like, I remember being a kid, watching those cartoons, and they were the same exact uh, episodes that my mother watched when she was a kid. Mm, wow. So I mean, and we enjoy we enjoyed them, mm-hmm. and they my parents still enjoyed them at the same time. So I mean, it could happen. It oh, could yeah. work. It could work. Absolutely. I mean, these shows endure for a reason. You know. Um, and uh, that kind of reminds me. What, what was another show that I really liked? Uh, Tiny Toon Adventures. Of course, I loved Tiny Toons. <laughs> uh, that was a show when I was in elementary school. Um, show that I really liked. They actually came on back to back. Yeah, they did. Uh, Tiny Toon came out like uh, about two, three years before Animaniacs. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely, I remember that. But they yeah. were like, I think Tiny Toons was on at like three thirty, and then Animaniacs was at four. Mm-hmm. Maybe ba- I think Batman came on after that. Yeah. Yeah. Another show that was really cool back then was Rocco's Modern Life. Love that show. That show. That show had some dark <laughs> shit that we shouldn't have known about when we were kids. I know. I mean, yo, hey, back then back in the nineties, yo, you can get away with a lot. Oh yeah, you can get away with so much. Like a lot of like adult innu- innuendo weaved yeah. into the story. And they were completely <laughs> just right above our heads and we didn't even know. We just laughed at whatever parts we were able to understand yeah um i actually have the whole series on on dvd uh rocco's modern life are you serious yeah like target selling like all like i think it was like four seasons all four seasons for 20 bucks in like one dvd case that is awesome i was like what snap swipe i just (laughs) yeah i i I haven't had i haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it but man that was that was the show back what's crazy is you'll probably get through that whole entire dvd in like one day Oh yeah, because the show is like what? Yeah, fifteen minutes per episode. Pretty much, yeah. And I'll get all the jokes too. <laughs> oh we would, would just and you would just sit there like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hey, listen. I mean, back then, man. You know, those were those were not exactly PC times. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that. But you know, you know, we weren't soft back then. I mean, I mean, if we, we got to watch stuff like that, I mean, nowadays, you know, parents would freak out if you show them episodes of SpongeBob for Christ's sakes. Shoot, don't let him watch Ren and Stimpy then. Oh my god. That was my first animated ass that I seen. <laughs> like Yeah. That was the first time I ever seen a cartoon button. I'm just... Yeah, although I will say with Ren and Stimpy, the Nickelodeon, uh the Nickelodeon version, that was the best iteration of that character, of those characters, because when it aired on Spike TV, uh when it had that adult party cartoon back in two thousand three. That's when, like, it just went full on. I never knew that there was. I mean, by at that time, you know, I've grown. I, I was out of high school, so I was like kind of done with cartoons for a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but uh, but with the Ren and Stimpy adult party cartoon, like that's when they were unshackled from Nickelodeon, like you know, holding them at bay from from going full tilt with the dirty jokes and the adult humor, and uh, it, it it lost its charm, strangely enough. Like we're, well, we're we're older. We well, were older, so I mean, like when we were watching Ren and Stimpy on Nickelodeon, we were what seven, eight, nine years mm-hmm. old. You know? Yeah. Well, it wasn't. It, it not you know, two thousand three. We were eighteen. 
Right, but not only that, but it's like what I'm what I'm saying is that with the uh, with the with the dirty jokes, you know, in the adult. It's like they tried too hard. Yeah, it's like they tried way too hard to be raunchy, way too hard to be like salacious. Whereas Red and Stimpy, they were forced to be clever with their disgusting humor. Right. When they were on Nickelodeon, so who was your favorite Red and Stimpy character? Oh man, I'm gonna have to go with either Mr. Horse. Or, oh, sir, I don't like it. Yep. <laughs> no, sir, I don't like it. Or Powder Toast Man. Powder Toast, toast Man. man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, those were the days. They they were. Great, great shows. Man. Kids, Google those shows. Yes. Google the original the original Nicktoons lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rugrats. Rug, Doug, Rugrats, and Ren and Snippy. Oh, Doug was the show, man. I remember getting into it argument with a girl I've dated and she we was we literally had an argument mm-hmm. over what color Skeeter was. I thought it was black. Like 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 little color. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I figured I put, kind of portrayed him as black, but like Skeeter was blue. Mm-hmm. She was like, no, Skeeter is green. No, he's blue. He was green. like we really went back and forth. We yeah. had strange arguments in our relationship though. Yeah, no, I, I would say you know, Skeeter was blue, but Roger was definitely green. Green, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everybody's like, um, yeah, the colors like represented like their personalities and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I, I remember Doug was such a cool show because I I actually kind of related to him. He had like the best imagination ever. He did Quail Man. I saw a Quail Man cosplay at this year at last year's Comic Con. I yeah. literally had to like find. I literally said I'm gonna find this dude just so I can put him on our page. Yeah, I saw that. And you know how he was crushing on Patty Mayonnaise. Oh, you know who played who played the voice of Patty Mayonnaise? Who? Um, Yoga Jones from Orange Is the New Black. Really? Yeah. Wow. How I want to say it's like Constance Shellman's. I think that's her name. Hmm. I know it's like Constance, but I'm pretty sure her last name was Shellman. Hmm. How about that? Wow. But yeah. Uh, I watch when Orange Is the New Black comes out next week, and you was here to Yoga Jones. You're like, oh my god, that's Patty Mayonnaise. Patty mayonnaise. <laughs> oh man. Wow. We just we just we just went on this nineties nostalgia yellow brick road. No, Yo, you can never go wrong with nostalgia. You can never go wrong. You can have a nice discussion of nostalgia like anytime. Oh absolutely. Uh other other news. Yeah, back on track back yeah. on track. Uh yeah. you wanna I, take this one? Or? Yeah, I'll take this one. Um Near Automata, really good game by the way. It reaches a sale it reached a sales milestone. Uh the action RPG from Platinum Games has sold one point five million units, which is a combined sales figure of physical and digital copies. Um very happy to see uh that okay. Near Automata has been pretty successful. Don't you have that? Yes, I do. Okay. I've been I've been playing it on and off. I haven't really like sunk my teeth into it like hours at a time, um, but I'm still kind of early into the game. It's, oh, okay. it's really interesting. Um, it's like a combination, it's like a hodgepodge of different like action uh, gameplay elements. Okay, but it's pretty cool. It's very unique. All right, and um, well, next on the list. Production of the PlayStation 3 has ended in Japan. The official website for the 500-gigabyte version, which was the only version of the console produced in Japan, list shipments now has ended. The PlayStation 3 originally released in Japan on November 11, 2006, and in North America on November 17th. As of 2013, the PS3 sold 80 million consoles worldwide. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a great system. I enjoyed it. 
I have I've had all the PlayStation so far. Yeah. So. As have I. Well, technically, I had the PlayStation 2 as my first PlayStation console, but it was backwards compatible with Part 1. So, I can say I that I have, I have had, I've had all of them. No, you didn't. Because you didn't get their original... Like, the original opening. Yeah, who cares? When you had to pray to God, when you had to pray to God mm-hmm. that that second opening screen came on mm-hmm. to let you know that your disc worked. Well, I never had to worry about that with the uh, PS2. Or, and the PS3. Uh, P- no, PS2 had two openings. There's the one with the cube with the cubes in the beginning, and yeah. then and then it will go into like the boom yeah. PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the PlayStation 3 had a solid run. Ten years, ten yeah. years in the game. Uh, I remember buying my PS3 uh, December 2007, and uh, my first two games for that console was Uncharted: Drake's Fortune. And the orange box, which contained Half Life Two and the episodes one and two spinoffs, and Portal, which is really good. Mine's was Madden of that year. Of course. Well, I'm a football fan. What the hell? Yeah, whatever. Madden. Yeah, yeah, yeah Madden. I, I, I love how EA gets away with making the same damn game every year. There are differences. First of all, you get you have you play with different players every year. Duh, the draft. Yeah. Okay. I mean, what, but, what's so different? The players' names in the locker rooms. That and then they, they like enhanced you know certain gameplays and um, franchise modes and everything. Mm-hmm. So there's oh there's always a difference. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just messing. I mean, I'm sure there are subtle differences. Like yeah, I don't play football games, but right. uh, but yeah, man, the PS3 you play two player games. Period. Yeah, you were only child. Yeah, of course. You didn't have to share. Of course, like the not. rest of us. Why would I share? You're selfish. I'm not selfish. I'm just selfish. saying. I'm just saying, man. And, you know, I mean, just don't be, don't hate on me because I had the controls all to myself and I could savor a game, rather than you know have to rely on my bastard siblings if they break the console or if they break the controller. Well, so at like, least it wasn't your fault. You wouldn't get the beaten. I mean, shit. Well, I mean, it's just the inconvenience of the matter. It's like, oh, great, I can't play this game because your dumbass broke the <laughs> broke the console. While you damaged the disc. You you fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta love having siblings. Yeah, yeah, that's on. That's all you, man. Uh, I have two. I had two sisters, but but I had cousins. Mm. Well, yeah. You didn't even have cousins either. Damn. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with all that. Yeah, that's that's too rich. That's too rich for my blood. You'd be fine. Yeah, sure. but uh, PS3, you had a good run. R.I.P. Now you can join the Undertaker. Uh, <clears throat> okay, see, you're lucky. There's no sharp sharp <laughs> objects there, but I think you probably planned this. Oh, oh wait, I got a pen. Where the hell is it? <laughs> Well, uh, anyway, uh, calm down, Carl. Just, just calm yourself. All right. Told you I'll make this. It still hurts. I'm sure. It, I mean, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Only next year, when he when he's inducted into the Hall of Fame, you'll be all as well again. You really want to see me cry, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Roman Reigns is the guy. Uh, last bit of news uh, here. Jesus Christ. Tyler Perry is directing a sequel to Boo, a Medea Halloween, and it's coming out October 20th, 2017. Queen Medea strikes again. Um, have you seen Boo, a Medea Halloween? I did not. 
Good. I did not. Um, I just kind of like I. I was a fan of Tyler Perry's for a while. Um, maybe because you know I grew up in the Christian household, grew up in the church. Um, a lot of the characters that are portrayed just kind of remind. They remind me of uh, a lot of my relatives. So I was able to relate to it, and not just after a while. It's like I just. I don't even hate him. But I just don't watch him anymore. It's like I kind of just kind of grew out of it. Yeah. I mean, my I think my feelings of Tyler Perry's work have been, you know, well documented. I mean, I fi- yeah, you pretty much hate the guy. I don't, I don't hate the guy. I you mean, hate I wanna, the guy. I want to make this I clear. N- you never had anything good to say about him. I don't hate Tyler Perry, the man himself. I don't know the man personally, obviously, but I think that his his movies, his, his work is pretty terrible. Have you watched any of the plays? Nah, I've seen like snippets of them. A lot of the plays, I will, I will admit, like a lot of the plays are better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess because there, there might be a different energy to a stage play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you enjoy going to musicals and stuff. You know, I'm sure you love Jersey Boys. Well, I, I don't go to musicals. I watch musicals, but I didn't don't. you go to one like last year? I went to Wick. I went to see Wicked. That's what it was. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, but you know, Tyler Perry. I think that I mean, I can see why the Medea character is still appealing, but I think that he needs to retire the character. I mean, Medea's the same damn thing, man. He's not re- yeah, but you don't want your relatives to change, don't you? But he's not my relative. I mean, yeah. he's Tyler Perry's supposed yeah, to be an artist. You don't, yeah, you, you just can't relate to it. That's all it is. It's literally just not for you. It's like, okay, it's like listening to Little Yachty and Little Uzi Vert. You're not 19. Right. It's not for, it's not for you. Okay. You're 30. You're 33. Yeah. So I mean, I expect somebody your age to be listening to J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar or Wale or whoever. I don't expect if I you're thirty three years old and you're listening to Little Yachty, I'm like, fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean I mean it's not like I'm listening to Gucci Mane or anybody like that. Burr. Yeah, but hey, but for you. Nah, nah. Loves Gucci Mane. No, I don't. But there's um, a pic there's a picture of him with an ice cream tattoo on his face. Yeah, whatever. Um, oh, I'm posting it now that you said that. No, no, you better not. I sure will. But man, I gotta say, email the show at codexprimepodcast at gmail dot com if you want to see that picture of Victor with an ice cream on his face. Yeah, please don't. But um, I mean, I will say, like with Tyler Perry, I mean, he's a. Ta- I will say he is a talented dude. I mean, I've, his best performance, in my view, is still Gone Girl. He should do more of those like supporting supporting roles. You know, you know, kind of Gone Girl. Yeah, he ben played. Affleck? Yeah, he played. Yeah, he played Ben Affleck's like shady, like publicist lawyer. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, and he yeah, was. I, I, sure. I mean, he's not the greatest actor in the world, but no. But um, some of his work was cool. Um, a family that praised was pretty good. Um, there was some good ones. Have you seen uh Four Colored Girls? I bought that. I used to buy my one of my. I used to buy like a lot of movies. Um. Mm-hmm. For my clients, as y'all know, I work with people with um, disabilities, and one of my clients, she, like, loved Medea. Mm-hmm. So, and there was an FYE nearby my job, so I would, like, stop by and pick up, like, a $2 movie, used movie, whatever, mm-hmm. and she really liked the Medea character, so I would just buy and pick it up for her, and so I watched a lot of them, with, you know, with my re- with my residents, so um, mm-hmm. and that happened to be one of them, and I was like, oh, wow, this is depressing. This is a Victor, this is a slit your wrist, depressing oh, Victor Moyo ass movie. <laughs> Listen, I mean, and I didn't really even know Victor around that time that well. I knew, I knew you, but yeah. we didn't really hang out, hang out like we do now. Yeah, but. 
I mean, listen. I, Looking back, it's a Victor-ass movie. It's not a Victor movie because, listen, I mean, I like movies with good writing and directing, and Four Colored Girls, unfortunately, does not have that, any of those. As good performances, but that's in spite of the material, in spite of per- Tyler Perry's clumsy direction. There's no, because t- there's no cancer. There's so, AIDS. I mean, that's just as bad. Listen, like, what, what is this? this um, with this, I'm sick of this meme that you're trying to perpetuate that I like movies with characters who suffer from some terminal disease. That's not true. Look at you. I want you to li- go back and listen to the listen to your past V knowledge V knowledge cinemas. Uh huh. Listen to past Victor's Corners, right. even past episodes of the Codex Prime podcast, all of which you can find on iTunes and SoundCloud. Yeah. And it, it shows. History shows that you enjoy those movies. Lighten the fuck up. I like, I like plenty of feel-good movies. Okay, I'll tell you one that I saw uh, just a few weeks ago. I saw, this, I saw this decent movie called A Monster Calls, right? Have you have you heard of it? No. A Monster Calls. It came out this past January. It's a it's a decent movie. It's about this kid, right? This kid who was like his twelve year old kid. He's he's bullied in school. He he's going through a lot of problems, right? And um, he's bullied in school. His grandmother doesn't really like him. And on top of that, his mother, played by Felicity Jones, is dying of terminal cancer. Yep. There we go. There it is. There it is. And then, like, he has to like cope with. There his, it is. You, and then he has to cope with. Okay, his you know what? I'm gonna need you to watch the, watch a movie like the other guys. He's got to cope with his problems, right? By by by, you know, you know, he's visited by this giant giant tree creature played by Liam Neeson, who helps him out with his grief. It's it. it, you, it can't, you can't help but like Liam Neeson. Yeah. He's a, he's, yeah. He, he's like he's a, a bad father, but you. Yeah, he's a bad father. I mean, you I mean. I mean take, how, how yeah, many, I mean, how many times is your family members gonna get take, get kidnapped and take? Yeah, that's true. But uh, but yeah, you know, well, okay, okay. So a monster calls on. I think about it, it's not a really good example. Not at all. But yeah, you mentioned the other guys. Yeah, I haven't seen the other guys. Oh, you should watch it. It, it looks funny though. Oh, it, uh, it it honestly, it's the funny. more you watch it, the funnier it gets. Well, I actually no, I did see one scene where uh, the Rock and Samuel L. Jackson they jump off a roof. Oh, they aim for the bushes. <laughs> aim for the bushes. They aim for the bushes, and there's not a bush in sight. <laughs> 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 oh man, you gotta! Oh man, you gotta watch the bribe scene. Um, you can't forget dirty. You can't forget about Dirty Mike and the Boys. I'll mm. leave it at that. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh, there's that. Um. This is the end. I hear that's really good. Hilarious. Oh my god. All right. Um. Okay. Uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me think of a feel good film that I did watch. Another one. Uh. That doesn't involve terminal terminally ill people. Clerks two. Clerks two was fine. Clerks two is amazing. I mean, I enjoyed it when it came out in 2006, but now when I look at it, I'm like... This shit's still funny. I mean, I like the first one better. Really? Yeah. Not a lot of people do. I mean, I, I thought the first one, it was kind of charming, but the second one was... I mean, Oh, the, to the second beast. one was great. I heard Rosario Dawson, just she signed on to do that movie just because of the, the scene with the donkey show. Oh, the donkey show was hilarious. <laughs> I mean... Wow. Oh come on! The the Lord of the Rings argument. Yeah, you, you can't tell me you didn't like that. That was kind of funny. Three people, just people walking to a vol- volcano. I was like, damn! I don't think I wanted to watch. I never saw Lord of the Rings, by the way. I don't think I want to now because of that. No, oh come on! That's you know that's <laughs> extreme. You know that was an extremely simplistic analysis of the whole trilogy. You need to watch Lord of the Rings. You, 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 need, you need to step your 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 nerd cred up and watch that. Se- watch nerd the series. cred is just fine. All right. Yeah. I'm sh- come on, Lord, you haven't seen Lord of the Rings. I'll let you borrow 
my Blu-ray set, the extended editions, the complete editions of each film, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, Return of the King. Those are three of the greatest fantasy films of this century. What and about perhaps, The Hobbits? Uh, the Hob- you can, you can Those are like Hobbits. spinoffs? No, The Hobbits are prequels. They're, they're, oh, not, okay. they're not very good. No, you just hate prequels. That and 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 the Hobbit movies, they really are they really are not that very good. Uh, but the Lord of the Rings, they're modern classics. And oh, I had nothing against them. It's just yeah. like wow, he really just kind of broke down the. Mo- Randall really just broke down the movies just like that. No, it, it's it's overly simplistic. But you you need to you need to watch the series proper. Cause All right. It, those are feel good films. They, they, they gives you it energizes you like it's drama, passion, you know, sadness. But there's triumph at the end, victory. I okay. love it. Yes, you do. It's inspiring. All right. You know, I can't carry it for you, for Mr. Frodo, but I can carry you. And he, he just and it's Sam carries Frodo up Mount Doom. He carries him into the fire. He's so <laughs> sensitive. <laughs> He's really crying, by the way. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. He is. No, but 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 yeah, the, the, cried in Creed. Listen, listen, that was a very emotional movie. Like I enjoyed it, but I ain't fucking cried. <laughs> no, because like St- Sylvester Stallone, man, his performance is so great in it. Like it was the, a good performance, okay. The, but the part, you know, the what part, was, like what was the what was the part that just made people cry? Because I, you're not the only person I heard who cried in that movie. The part that made me cry was where he. It was shortly after the scene where he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, mm-hmm. and then he's uh he's talking with um he's talking with uh, Michael B. Jordan's character in the locker room, and he talks about all the all the things that he's lost in his life. He's like, I've lost my wife, mm-hmm. you know, I lost my career, but I'm still here. And he's I'm like, still standing, I'm still strong. <laughs> Antoine Fisher. Yeah, but no, like that was a great movie. I didn't cry. It was very good, but no, but but the way Sylvester Stallone sold it, because like Rocky was like Rocky Balboa was a character we all watched growing up for right. years, generations. Correct. And to see him as this vulnerable old man who's, you know, pretty much almost at the end of his life, yeah. taking stock at what he's lost and what he's gained and and you know what he sees, he sees the potential in and Michael B. Jordan, he's like passing the torch to him. Okay. Seeing this this on screen legend. All right. But it, like, it, it, it it just it just got to me, man. It got to me. And the fact that he was dying of non Hodgkin's lymphoma, man. But he didn't die. I, well, no, he didn't because he's Rocky Balboa. I'm leave you to do some put damn push ups. Listen, man. <laughs> mo- they last forever. These movies and these movies. Okay, good. These but movies you reach you us emotionally, man. It's an emotional medium. I need for you to do some push-ups. I do push-ups every day, man, with the DDP yoga. All right. I'm actually getting. Re- I'm actually thinking about doing that myself. Yeah, you need to, man. Yeah, I'm like so beat up and broken. My b-boy injuries catch. They catch up to me. Yeah, trust me, yo. DDP yoga. It'll. It'll give you. It, you'll regain your flexibility back. All right. All right, we are definitely getting off track. Yeah, let's get to the let's get to the main event of the show. Yes, yes. So uh, as you know, uh, Empire season three wrapped last Wednesday. It did, and boy, did it wrap up in a major way. Uh, Carl, I know you you are also a big fan of this series. Yeah, um, yeah. That it was literally my. Son. I had to call it my Sons of Anarchy replacement. Like it literally premiered like a month or two right after Sons of Anarchy. Like I was, I was like, oh, like I felt like 
a missing piece of my soul was gone because I'm trying to get all sensitive like Victor, but it's not happening. <laughs> stop. Just but stop. yeah, I just felt like I was like, damn, like it was like a void. So I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm like, oh, well, let me check out this Empire show, you know? And then I'm like, you know what? It's cool. You know, Timberland, you know, Timberland was doing, you know, was behind a lot of the music at that mm-hmm. time. It switched over to Rodney Jerkins. You know, okay. nowadays, not Timbaland, and, but Rodney Jerkins is cool. He's worked with greats, so. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it is, it's still it's still holding up. Three seasons, which really feels like six, because they have the long breaks in between. Yeah. Um, It's still it's still holding up. Yeah, man. And season three, man, that season finale just wrapped up in such a insane fashion. Like, I, yeah. Like I don't know what 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 are some of your thoughts on the season finale? Well, we'll we'll start there. We'll start with the season finale. We'll kind of work our way backwards to like our, you know, m- most memorable moments of season three, and then um, we'll kind of. What started was the twist when uh, Lucius all of a sudden turned his back on uh, Nia Long. My goodness, um, when he he turned his back on his on her oh, character Juliana. Neil, she's. I didn't care what her name was. Neil Long was just looking good. She was looking real good in that show. Of course, she's Uh, Neil Long, right? And she ain't Lisa. She ain't Lisa from the Fresh Prince no more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, yeah. So I was like, oh wow, that was an interesting twist. And then next thing you know, like he's um, he's passing the torch to Andre, who which I always thought that he should have got the keys to the kingdom from the get go, and then. Preventing the car explode, the car bomb explosion, and then it happens, and Lucius end up falling to a coma from it. Hmm. Um, I didn't think they. I felt like I didn't think they needed to go three months later into it. Mm-hmm. I think it's just he could have just went into the coma. Hmm. Well, you know, I, I found that, I found it interesting because when when I saw that when I saw that uh, occur when uh, when Andre tried to uh, prevent uh, Lucius from getting killed by the car bomb, right. And then fast forward to three months later, I thought that the episode would end right there, and then it'll end on like a cliffhanger. Like, did Lucius survive or did he die? That would I would have enjoyed that. That I definitely would have enjoyed. Like, I I, I do enjoy cliffhangers because mm-hmm. I love you know I I actually I like hearing fan theories. I like hearing what people think was gonna happen. It it generates dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, that would have been a great summer dialogue for that show. Mm. Yeah, but um. And but at, at 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 the same time, I'm glad that they did not go with that finale. Did it, that it, and that did it, did, it didn't end with just uh, the car bomb explosion. Correct. Because by then Correct. it's like, well, of course, you know, I don't think Empire would get rid of Lucius because if you get rid of Lucius, then you kind of get rid of Empire pretty much. If you get rid of either Lucius or Cookie, especially Cookie, then you kill the whole show. So it would be a very daring move. But yeah. I'm glad that they that they fast forwarded three months later. Now, I'm thinking that with uh with the, how it ended with uh, Lucius, you know, suffering amnesia, he doesn't remember anybody in his family. It ends with him saying, "It's like, oh, like Lucius, he he recovers from his coma, and it's like, oh, look, here's your family." And he's like, "Who? Who are you?" And then it's like, "Oh shit!" So now, when it's fast forwarded three months later, I think I think it's going to be interesting because season four we might flash back to what happened during those three months as, as to maybe like, we'll see like what Andre did, like how he's running the company since then or during those three months. Right. And maybe we'll see perhaps if maybe 
either Cookie or somebody else will put the put two and two together and figure out his involvement in him trying to kill his own dad. Yeah, I can see that happening, but I think they could just like we can just go along with them and just see we can see how Andre is running the company and see that Cookie's figuring out his involvement and you know trying to kill Lucius and everything. Like we could be along be along on that ride together. Mm-hmm. If you catch my drift, um, yeah. So I mean, I think they could have done away with the three months later, but I mean, but I can also see see how that could work as well yeah. with the scenario that you just described. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what was your favorite? Some of your favorite moments from this past season? Oh man. Uh, one of my favorite uh, moments uh, was, you know, seeing well, not not so much a moment, but just seeing an int- introduction of uh, Lucius's mother, uh, uh, Grandma yeah. Le- Leah Leah Walker. Yeah, and like her character played by Leslie Uggams. Like, I don't know, like the way the I guess it's the way Leslie Uggams plays the character Leah. That or or Leia rather that you're not too sure if her craziness is partly an act because there are moments where there are several moments where she appears to be a little too lucid and that she's a little too aware of what you she would yeah you doing. would think I'm like she this is crazy is this crazy lady know what she's doing yeah like there is a there's a part where she was baking all these cakes for Lucius and tried to force him to eat them at like two in the morning yeah. And then there's one where she tried to kill um kill Lucius is a half brother uh, Tariq. By- and oh she my, end up doing it. Stabbed him in the freaking neck yeah, with a letter opener. Yeah. Oh my god. And was smart enough. Who and she framed Anika for it. Yup, Boo Boo Kitty. Yeah, I'm like, yo, she knew what she. I'm like, yo, you really would think she knows what she's doing. Yeah, I I think I think like maybe she's not as insane as people as people like, or as, as, she, as Lucius claims that she is. Yeah. Rather that she's very dangerous and calculating. Yeah. But she hides behind this veneer of mental illness, if you will. Yeah. And um, so I think that she's probably, outside of Lucius, maybe the most calculating character in the whole show. Yeah, but the show still, like, it, it still keeps you on your seats. And then especially, it keeps you at the edge of your seat. And then you still, like, you, get the, you still get those surprise twists. Mm-hmm. You get those surprises at all. Like, I was not expecting... Um, Leslie Uggams going around stabbing people in the neck and stuff mm-hmm. and framing them. Oh, and then there was that one moment where um, she got the bodyguard fired mm-hmm. because she was attracted to the girl. And she was like, yo, do me a favor. Just take this and just drop it in front of him. Oh, yeah. She took one of the dancers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the, and the bodyguard, she was kind of looking like Chaz Bono, kind of. Was it Chaz Bono? Good question. It wasn't, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Um, I, th- I think I'm interested in seeing where they take that character uh, of Leo Walker. Um, I don't know if her craziness is if her insanity or if her treachery rather is going to catch up to her in some form or fashion. Because I want to see what Anika is going to do in next season. Because I want to see if she'll be able to clear her name. But she. I don't think she would be. It'll be hard for her to do so because only Lucius was. Remember, if you if you remember, Lucius was the one who granted her her divorce and her like I think it was twenty million dollars. Yeah. And now that he's lost his memory, only he he's the one who can really clear her name. And since he's incapacitated, yeah, he's she's kind of screwed. Yeah, she's kind of screwed. She's about to she's about to rock the orange for a little while. Yeah. 
And then not to mention the Dubois, they turn out to be pretty heartless, though. Oh my gosh, yo, you know what? I'm interested. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the Dubois. Let's start like with I the. Never, like I never would. I never listen. Felicia Rashad. Mm-hmm. She will. She is and will always be in my heart as the goddess herself, Claire Huxtable. Yeah, true. But she's I. She's has like this evil side to her. Yeah, uh, and I like it. Yeah. Oh my God. You know that's what I said. I like, think I never seen her. I always just seen her play portray like a, you know the good mother, motherly type of roles. Not even just in the Cosby Show, but like other roles that she's had. She's always portrayed like that good mother. And now like she's you know she's playing yeah, bougie, but yet like she's powerful and kind of heartless in a way. You know? Yeah. Like um, with with Felicia Rashad's character, uh, what was her character's name? Um, I just call her Mother Dubois. Yeah, like I think she, like Felicia Rashad, like she's such a good actress that she plays that character a little too well, in my opinion. That's just time. Just super bougie, super hoity-toity, and just extremely calculating herself. Like, uh, like, like she's definitely a match. She's 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 kind of like the the uh, high society equivalent of Cookie Lion. Yeah, Diana Dubois, that's the character. Diana Dubois, okay, thank, thanks. Yeah, like Diana Dubois, she's definitely like Cookie's foil, if you will, like her inverse, like her, like what Cookie would might have been if she grew up in high society and still yeah. made it very calculating and uh, cold-hearted. Yeah. But um, speaking of the Dubois, what do you think of Tay Diggs' character, Angelo Dubois, who was running for mayor and he kind of had a thing for a Cookie? It was interesting. I I found it very interesting, you know, the whole it's kind of like Romeo and Juliet where they're like two, from two different worlds, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, Cookie being from the streets and everything, and um, Angelo Dubois coming, you know, his character coming from you know high society, mm-hmm. and yet you know they find like that mutual ground, you know, helping out inner city kids, you know, getting them into college and everything. Yeah. And, um, of course, you know, they form a romance and whatever. Um, I found that to be interesting. And then there's, like, still, like, Lucia still has that hold on. still, You know, they still, they still love each other. Yeah, it's kind of a twisted love, though, because... Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's literally, in a way, I can compare it to the Joker and Harley Quinn. Hmm. That's that's a very apt comparison. I, I can, um, to a certain degree, because Lucius isn't right. exactly. He's not physically abusive towards Cookie, but he's very manipulative as well. Right. Right. Um, I would say that with uh, with the relationship between Cookie and Lucius, as well as Cookie and Aunt and um, Angelo, I thought that an- the the relationship between her and Angelo was very interesting. In that, like, it was kind of like her way of going back in time, seeing what what would what would have been like for her if she fell for a guy who was very, you know, very sh- on the straight and narrow, and not not like some hood like Lucius was. Right. Like, because you know, if you remember, like her her boyfriend when she was a kid was this guy Barry. Yeah, and he was like on his way to, like, being a doctor and stuff. And then yep. look what happened in the final episode where they end up meeting up. They end up, you know, meeting up. Mm-hmm. He's a successful doctor who's retired. He he yep. marries another doctor who's retired. Yep. They have a child who's a doctor running the, pra- running mm-hmm. the practice. And it's like, in, in a way, it's kind of like the, this is kind of the vengeful nerd of me talking like, 
Haha, bitch, this could have been you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like... And even then, you can kind of see, like, Cookie seeing that, like, wow, like, I... This could... That could have been mine. I wouldn't have spent 17 years in jail. Yeah. Or, you know, being, you know, living lives, you know, living a life of crime and... You know, all that other stuff. I could have been on the street in our room just living great. Yeah, I could be retired and traveling the world at by now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even though she kind of, I mean, well, she's she, well off, but, you know, yeah. it wouldn't have been such a such a harsh road. You know? Oh, absolutely. And, like, so for her and Angela, it was kind of like her way of kind of, like, trying to, trying to reclaim those feelings of, like, what could have been if she chose a different path. Right. And uh, for a while, it kind of looked like their 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 connection was kind of legit. Um, and Angela was kind of like trying to see like things from like her side of the world, from her perspective. You know, um, for example, there was one there was one app thing where he was uh, mentoring these kids, like this woke uh, yeah. group. And instead of like referring to them as victims, he would now refer to them as survivors. Like just like a little little uh, change of words, like definitely changed his message around for the better. Right. But at the same time, you know, when even though he's dealing with because he's dealing dealing with Cookie, it's like you're playing with fire and you will get burned right. eventually. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and his whole mayoral campaign was tarnished. In fact, uh, with that when he was recorded with that hot mic yeah. backstage after he tried to propose to her on on TV, and then like when he went backstage, you know, he was like, "Oh, I I compromised my campaign for you." You know, I. But there was this. a couple of times too because there was also the um, maybe no, this was. This was season two, but the uh, DUI incident that he had. Yeah. And then he had to get his mother to, like, try to, cut, you know, pretty much cover it up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's been, like, a couple of instances, instances where, you know, messing around with Cookie, get playing with fire and getting burned and stuff. Yeah. And he still continued to get burned. Like, it's like mm-hmm. you didn't learn your lesson. You just like when you were a little kid, mm-hmm. you touch the stove, you get burned. Yep. Oh, hot! You never do it again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like he's still touching the touching the stove, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like their their relationship too is like it's it's, it's, it's an example of how opposites attract, but yeah. opposites don't last. I agree. Yeah. Well, I agree from personal experience. I can agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah, I thought their dynamic was uh was pretty was pretty interesting. Um. Mm. I I do want to see where his character goes to because now that he's pretty much following his mother's lead, he's he's very much a mama's boy. Yeah, you could tell that he's a good dude and he's very earnest, but at the same time, he has to be loyal to his family. So I want to see how how much of his mom's you know you know treachery or you know dirt dealing he's willing to put up with. I mean, because the fact that he's he's gone along with them kidnapping Hakeem and Anika's daughter. daughter. Yeah, you know, that, that's, yeah that's, a, that's a revenge baby right there. Yeah. And, man, can you imagine that, though? It's a, that's on some, like, Greek tragedy, some Oedipal stuff. Like, like so it's like your, your baby's mother was also at one point your stepmom. Yeah. That, yeah, no. Yeah, that's... that's uh, that, that, that was... That baby was conceived through revenge sex. Yeah, it's. Mm. Imagine if she. Imagine if Bella finds out the truth about her, her conception when she gets older. Jeez. Oh yeah, it's gonna be hilarious. Mm. But man, uh, yeah. Besides that, um, I will say that as always, the music 
uh, has has been has been fantastic. Yeah, but Jamal for the most part is carrying is carrying it with the carrying the music torch. Uh, he is mm. like the most popular character as far as like the music goes. Um, it's mm. literally like every episode there's a Jamal Lyon song. Yeah, and the boy can sing though. Oh yeah, he definitely can't sing. There's no denying his talent at all. Yeah, and I especially like his uh, his concept album when Cookie met yeah, Lucius. Lucius. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Like, um, especially that that was a way for people to kind of flash back for the show to flash back to how Cookie and Lucius met when they were kids. Right. And you know, seeing Cookie's um, her her background and how basically she was indirectly responsible for her father's death because he died of a broken heart because right. she chose to be with Lucius. Well, or rather, her father kicked her out. Yeah. Once she chose to, you know, was was running around with Lucius on the street. Um, I'm interested in I'm interested in figuring out how she got the name Cookie. I don't know if the show ever explained it because her, her real name is what? Laretha? Claritha. Claritha. Yeah. It's interesting. It, it, odds are, odds are, it's probably just a probably just a baby name. Mm. Like a lot of like a lot of people I you know, even some of my family members. I, you know, they they have normal names, but they they can be fifty years old and we're still calling them by their baby names. Oh, <laughs> uh, like I don't know. Oh, you need an example? All right, my I have a he I have a cousin down in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. His name's Anthony. Okay, we call him Mookie. Oh, Mookie, like a Spike Lee and do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, that like that's just his. I I still call I still call him that. To this day, like his whole family calls him that to this day. And that's just what that's that's Mookie. Shout right. out to Mookie. <laughs> All right. Cool. Cool. But that's you know, it's, it's funny as like with uh, Carol, because he has two. Well, uh, Cookie, her two sisters are Carol and Candace. Right. Yeah. Tasha Smith and Vivica A. Fox. Like their names, like they have ordinary names, but yet her name is Claritha or. Nah, yeah, it, it just happens. Why don't you just call her Clarissa? It flows better. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Little nitpick. Ah. I'm okay with that. I relate yeah. to it, so okay. But uh, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, but like, but yeah, like I said, Jamal, I like his his whole when Cookie and Lucius concept album. I think that that might play into a big role in season four. I think. I think, th- yeah, definitely. Um, especially with the whole uh, um, uh, Lucius with amnesia. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that'll maybe that'll help them like put two and two together. Yeah, and the star power that they have too. I mean, like Marissa Tomei was in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eva Longoria. Yeah, as a racist um, Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Demi Moore was Lucius's um, nurse at the end. Yeah, about that. And her daughter, Rumor Willis. <laughs> yup, Rumor Willis. That, that little scene though with her and Soraya was like, hey. Hey, hey, okay. Hey, li- listen. Hey, you know, no, nope. hey, a little too hot. Kind of got a little too hot for you know network television. But who am I to complain? Hey, you know, hey, there are many different ways for friends to chill out. They are. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Rumor Willis, she does have some talent too, like as a singer herself. Some tell me it really did. It didn't look like her really singing. It possibly could be. Yeah, I'm not. Den- I'm not gonna deny a talent, but just the way it looked. I mean, it looked kind of dubbed for a bit, dubbed a bit. Well, it's pretty much dubbed for all all the singers on the show. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. But we didn't. But you know, it's like we never heard her like naturally sing. Like we've heard, we've heard Jamal just naturally singing his lines. Mm-hmm. Um, we've heard Lucius naturally singing his lines. So like, 
you yep. know, we haven't heard that from Rumor Willis's character, so mm-hmm. you know, I I'm questioning it a bit, but I mean, I'm sure there's some music out there of hers that we could hear and hmm. that could confirm it. But um, yeah. Um, now speaking of other singers, uh, what about what do you think about the uh, character Nessa uh, exhibits? Um, it's not not his not his biological sister, but like, um, you know, Nessa, she was um. The singer that Andre was messing around with. Oh, she played in a Tyler Perry movie. Oh, did she? Yeah, daddy, yeah, Daddy's Little Girls. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, she she definitely has talent too. Like, there yeah, was... the, yeah, she, yeah, her and uh, the two sisters, they all they kind of all like came up together. Okay. But um, I think they all all three of them sang. But um, oh, nice. Yeah, like there was um, I thought I thought her her dynamic is kind of interesting. Like she's kind of kind of portrayed as like maybe the next or successor to uh Soraya's character. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Soraya kind of feels threatened by it in a, yeah. in a sense. So they I like the I like I like seeing a little I like seeing some competition. So like you can tell that they are competing. They are competing. Mm-hmm. Um what do you think of Exhibit's acting? Exhibit, I thought he was fine. You know, um I I thought that, you know, his I mean, I thought I found his character really repugnant. Uh, which is, the, I guess, the point of his character, mm. which his his character was one you definitely love to hate because, like, his character was just even though, yeah, he's he's basically, y- you can take somebody out the hood, you can't take the hood out of certain people, oh, and yeah, his definitely. and his character was just embodies that in a nutshell. Like, oh yeah, definitely. You know what character I do like too, Thirsty. Yo, Thirsty stepped up in a major <laughs> way. Oh, yo, Andre Royo, he's yo. he's slick. Yeah. He's really, really slick. I like I love his character. I love that slick, dirty, like he gets his hands dirty character. Mm-hmm. You can see why Lucius like really fucks with him like that. Yeah. yeah. Like he's just right up his alley. Like he's probably like the lawyer that Lucius should have had like a long time ago. Yeah. And he didn't he just and the thing is like past season, like in the, a couple of seasons ago, where he um became Lucius' lawyer, it's like he just took the job. Mm. He said, Hey, I'm gonna get you out. Boom! Showed him some incriminating photos of the judge, and like that was it. Yep. Thirsty's part of the character, part of the show now. Yeah, like at first when I saw his character, I was like, "Yeah, you know, well, who, who's this? Like who's this snake? Yeah, who's this shifty guy? He's gonna probably like betray, like try to fleece Lucius for all he's worth." But no, he's a loyal. He's a loyal. Yeah, dude. he's very loyal. Like matter of fact, like like his character kind of reminds me of um, Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad and yeah. Better Call Saul. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He's just a he's a black. He's literally yeah. a black version of that. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, I would love to see a show with, with those two characters, by the way. But uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, like he he definitely stepped up in a major way. And like one of the uh, one thing that I liked was where um he was uh, trying to help out Becky, a Gabby yeah. Sidibe's character. Oh, be one with the lock. Yes. Breathe. <laughs> um. Right. Oh yeah, the whole Ocean's Eleven episode that was very that was really entertaining. It it was you know that that remind me of um. Yeah, it reminds me of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Like, just, it just seems like one of the heists from Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. So it, it just it was just funny to me. Yeah, like how they all tried to um, kind of break, break into um, that casino that Lucius was trying to strike a deal with. Yeah. And, like all the different characters had to like had different and then parts. The security in the heist. guy ended up liking big girls. Yep. So he was trying to hit on. Uh, Go on, big girl. What you going to? <laughs> yep. But she, but the and, and the thing was like she was the only one that could really crack the safe. And so they had to send in Carol, yeah, who was you know had, has a history with the crack pipe, and it was like, oh my god, oh, we, we got to rely on this crackhead to f- break this safe, but she did it, yeah. 
So that whole Ocean's Eleven episode was really was really. Fun it was highly that. entertaining. Yeah. It was what the second to last episode. Yeah, it was the penultimate episode. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, I I, I will say like a, a going back to the last episode where um where Juliana where Lucius basically where, where he kicked out uh, Juliana. Where he basically throughout the whole season, he was basically playing the long game. He was playing the long con because for a while, like you, you kind of felt that is he really falling for Juliana? Is he really trying to get away from Cookie? Is he trying to play both sides of the fence? Yeah, but yeah, remember Lucius is slick. Yo, Lucius is always he's ten always steps ahead. yes. I was just getting ready to say that. Like mm. you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah. Like dudes, like just when you think that he's on the ropes, whoop, he hits you with the ro- rope a dope. But um. But yeah, that part where he where he kicks Juliana to the curb and he gets he finally gets his revenge because when he was first uh, seeing Juliana, that was when Cookie was in prison, and yeah. like he was he genuinely like fell for her. But then she stole like eleven million dollars from him to to like you know get, get, get in a casino game because she was you know married to some shiesty dude who she yeah. shot in the back of the head <laughs> later on. But then, um, but he finally got his revenge, and that was sweet. And it was like he's like, "Listen, Cookie is the love of my life." And then you saw the look on Cookie's face, like, oh. Wait, like yeah, because she wasn't expecting that. Like she, he, he had he played Cookie. Like he really thinks things. He's re- he's a real strategist. Yeah, strategist. Yeah, strategist. Excuse me. Yeah, like he's very he's very strategic in his plan and like his plans and he. It, if he has to keep the people closest to him out of the loop mm-hmm. just to execute his plans, he'll do it. Yep. Like he gets it, he gets his shit done by any means necessary. Absolutely. And uh yeah, and it was it was a pretty satisfying moment when he kicked Juliana to the curb and uh when he performed uh, his song for uh Cookie. Yeah. Uh that that song was it was a really sweet moment. Like yeah. said that I forget the lyrics, he said like some I people I didn't even learn I didn't I didn't learn the lyrics either. Like yeah. I enjoyed the moment, but I didn't. Yeah. Like, I didn't get too wrapped up on the lyrics and stuff. Like some people, like you said something to the effect that like some people like have a dream, like you're my dream or something like that. But some people, some people can only dream on. So I'm gonna keep dreaming on. Yeah. And the way he serenaded Cookie, I was like, "You go, Lucius. You <laughs> go. You go with that guitar." <laughs> oh man, that was that was really sweet. And. um and it, it, the the love between Cookie and Lucius is is there as twisted and as dark as it can be. Like it's there, it's there. I mean, I mean, seventeen years in prison. Like I'd be bitter as fuck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Like if if I, I wouldn't serve five minutes for anybody. Nah, man, I'd be snitching all, all up and down. Oh, of course, yeah. Dude, the get away with that stop stitching bullshit. Come on, <laughs> you 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 gonna serve a prison sentence for another dude for a crime you didn't commit? You stupid. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. Oh man, so so many lots of lots of good moments. I mean, uh, season four is coming out in, in, in September. Um, Star is actually gonna uh, play. Um, oh no, I think Empire is gonna is gonna air first at eight o'clock. Then Star is gonna show up and come on at nine. So I'm wondering if Star and Empire, if they share the same universe. I was wondering that too because they have done like some crossover moments um, promoting Star. So like I remember seeing one where like. Lucius was talking to one of the characters from Star, and mm. I was like, "I'm not gonna watch Star. I already got one musical on my belt. I'm not gonna go into another." Yeah, I, I heard Star was a pretty good show. I hear that too, but I think I'm, I think I got all. I, I'm good with just Empire. Yeah, I mean, Empire has like drama for your mama and your grandmama. 
Like, yeah. It's like it's a it's a nighttime sh- it's a nighttime soap. I love it. It's like listen, Taraji P Henson. She's my TV wife. I've loved her for years. She can take my cookies any day of the week. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I'm just. You need a moment. No, I'm good. You sure. I'm, I'm I'm sure. All right. <laughs> but yeah, um, season four. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing where they take these characters. Um, um. The the soundtracks are great. I have them all on Spotify. Yep. Yeah. Me too. Yep. Well, I I bought the first one on CD and I did too. Yeah. I kind of catch them here. I catch them here and there if I'm in the mood to listen to some Empire music. Yeah. And I gotta say, yo, you're so beautiful. That song it does get a party jumping kind of. You know, I have it on my like Serato, and I just I probably only played it like once. Ready to go, I play often. Mm. Um. But yeah, I think that's literally the, I think that's the only Empire song I that I do play, and then it always every time I do play it, it does spark an Empire conversation. Yeah, have you played that song Drip Drop? No, <laughs> no. you no. should. That song was purposely made to be bad. Listen, I like that song. Drip drop, drip drippity drop. I wish I could, oh my god we I do really my should dance like, yo that shit is that shit is bias son we should have recorded this episode on YouTube just so you can see your face just now yo like, that yo you can play that at any David this like yo there's play so that. many better songs that song was per- I remember that episode like mm-hmm. Hakeem was supposed to come out with a song that was ridiculous and then because Hakeem and Jamal were competing at that time yeah and then Jamal comes out with some like better music and. Mm-hmm. That song was purposely made to be obnoxiously bad. Well, yeah, but but if you, I, I guarantee you, if you play at a club or any party, watch all the ratchet ladies get up on the dance floor. I thought you retired that lady. <laughs> I, I I just felt like it was it was a good segue. It was it was good. It was right there. I had to take I it. That, I thought that was gone and buried. Listen, all right, fine. You get all the ratchet broads up on the dance floor. How about that? I know you got that bomb shorty. Can I get it? Can I get it? Something on my mind. Yo, listen. I can. I can, I can yo, that song's banging. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. That that, that that song's the truth. Okay. But yeah, man. Uh, Empire. Um. So yeah, season three. Over the top as always. We love it. Question. Well, unofficial question of the week. What is your favorite moment of Empire season three? Send us your thoughts, comments at Codex Prime Podcast at Gmail all right now we can move on to uh this week audience emails yes. we got uh we got two the first one is from uh afternoon new huge supporter of the show we greatly appreciate her and show her support for um her clothing lines coming up the name is kind of escaping me right now she's gonna kill me for this um get it together man dude, dude i was not exp- <laughs> i <laughs> oh man um so i am so off right now all right <laughs> she's so... gonna kill me all right, so while Carl is going to kill me, <laughs> so while Carl's looking for that email, uh, like I said, send your send your thoughts on Empire season three. Uh, I will say that um, uh, another. Oh man, I had, I had something else. It was on the tip of my tongue. Oh yes, Wonder Woman comes out this Friday, June second. We will be talking about that next week. Oh right. yes, okay, Infamous. Okay. Infamous denim design. So, uh, yeah, keep, shout outs to her for that. So, no, here, here we go. The email from Afternoon Neil. Okay, now I go hard for Empire since Drip Drop and Boo Boo Kitty. If you don't know what, if you know what these are, don't keep reading. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, le- okay, let's get into my views on season three. 
Now, as you as you should know, season two ended with Rhonda going over the side of the building, Anika marrying Lucius, and Hakeem losing his Latina wifey. Mm. Okay. So when we get to into season three, Anika is still alive, and the only thing I could think I could think of is why isn't this bitch dead? She killed Rhonda. Now I was feeling Rhonda. Now I wasn't feeling Rhonda at first, but her style and confidence is lovable. Side note: I hate breaks. I hate the breaks within a season. It makes me feel like we should be in season six. Mm. Okay. Okay, so with this season, Jamal went to rehab and met a soulful starlet, Demi Moore's daughter. What a fox! She's giving me Amy Winehouse issues and soulful and soulful sounds. Hmm. Interesting comparison. I I, yeah. I can agree with that one. Jamal has been Netflixing and chilling. <laughs> Sorry, you kind of just went back to my favorite Cornex Pride episode. Yep, episode 19. Jamal has been Netflixing and chilling with his producer, Jump Off, that was happily feeding him pills. So other than this Cookie and Lucius album, he is doing his music. So Andre is, st- is still dealing with the loss of Ronda, of course, off off his meds and is hallucinating is having hallucinations of seeing her and vowing to avenge her. This took all this took all season for such a fluff ending. Excuse me. Rhonda should have been avenged, but instead Andre captures the attention of another new singer that adds with to his arsenal for a hostile takeover. What the fuck is wrong with with him? Lucius is always a step ahead, which makes me have this hate, hate love for him. Andre is still fine, but batshit crazy. <laughs> True. So, uh, you think he's fine? Hey, he's a handsome brother, but he is batshit crazy. <laughs> okay. So, onto a key, he gets back with his first lover on the show, Tiana. I'm not fond of her voice, but she's she is a beautiful sister. Hakeem has become unified in his role as Bella's father and has stepped up like a pro. Surprisingly, he seems to have adjusted well. So now down to my two faves, Cookie and Lucius. So Cookie is still with soon to be, still with the soon to be mayor, and he's close to, and he's close to proposing. So we all, so we all know know that she can't move on from Lucius. So after turning down Tay Diggs in print, in uh, quotations, it turns it begins a domino effect of events to attack the Lion family. We know we know the Dubois had. Who knew the Dubois had Dubois had that much juice? I'm so glad she she had her boys she had her boys beat down Tay Diggs. What a wuss for cracking under the pressure, like he thought he had a chance. So Lucius is now with plotting with the plotting beautiful. I agree, Neil Long, and they will soon be opening Leviticus in Vegas, which Andre started. When Neil Long came, when Neil Long came into the scene, I was throwing mad shade. No one steps on Cookie's toes. Even after Cookie left Dubois, she still fought tooth and nail to get her title back. So that's that's my little breakdown of the characters. So so for this review, I warn I warn this is all emotional. There is no connection to these characters out out of real people who play these characters. I so hate Lucius for how he bamboozled Cookie's feelings, moving that heifer like she, like he was head over heels. That heifer, that heifer stole from you, and all the things come from come full circle. I didn't like the ending 
of the season, why show Lucius waking up from waking up with amnesia. I'm sure the explosion was enough of a cliffhanger. Mom Dukes is nuts. When she stabbed Tyree in the neck, I sat there with my jaw down. Then she said, a boo-boo kitty. I was so amped, finally karma for Rhonda. What about Rhonda? They took, oh, yeah. the, they took the only white woman in the cast out. Hakeem will do anything for his daughter, and Anika is such a, is such a snake. You enjoy that hot sauce in prison, kitty boo I mean, boo-boo kitty. <laughs> I'm really reading this, trying not to laugh. That's why I'm stuttering a lot. <laughs> Will Andre ever go back on his meds? Damn, damn, he can wear some pants. Damn, he can wear some pants. But this season was so sensitive and emotionally draining. I will anxiously wait for season four. Can't wait. The guest stars in season three were great. Can't wait till next season. Enjoy my review. Sorry for the randomness, but this is how the season affected me. Wow. Thank you very much, Apton. Yeah, uh, good email. Uh, thanks for k- touching on all those points. Um, good, good, uh, good point on Rhonda. You know, she was yeah, definitely. Yeah, she seemed to have been forgotten after a while. Yeah, she was definitely avenged because um, you know karma is a bitch, and uh, she'll be enjoying that hot sauce in prison, as you say. Um, also, the the point you made about Jamal, um, I I gotta say, Jamal, I know, live your truth, brother, live your life, but come on, stop being a hoe. Yeah, he was hot. Yeah, he was hoeing like crazy. I mean, that that producer dude who was drugging him up, and then the therapist guy, and then like now, and now the little and now the lawyer singer from the open mic night. Yep, who's who turns out to be a Dubois. Yeah, boy can sing. Oh yeah, the dude can sing his ass off. Yeah. Yeah, he's he got he got talent. I can see why Jamal will fall for him, but still, man, come on, have some standards, son. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for that email. Um, our next email is from our good friend of the show, John Haponic. Uh, the not, super villain. Yes, he's, uh, our, he's our super villain. <laughs> subject reads: Not Marvel hate mail. Hey, fellas, realized I haven't written you guys in a long time. Just a few thoughts. One, I agree with most of Victor's review of Guardians of the Galaxy. Overall, a good film without a purpose. The worst part? Michael Rooker's death was forced, conveniently right when he becomes interesting, meaning it was a frustrating emotional ploy combined with poor storytelling. They should have killed him in the third movie. Two, why haven't you reviewed Spider-Man Homecoming yet? Just watch the trailer. It's basically the whole movie, and it stinks. (laughs) Three, actors should be stuck with one superhero role forever. Don't worry, Ryan Reynolds. You'll always be Hannibal King of the Night Stalkers in our hearts, thanks to Blade 3. So, a mixed reaction on Tom Hardy as Venom. Amazing actor, but I'll always remember him as Bane. Keep up the good work, John. P.S. Don't worry, Wonder Woman will be awesome. You'll love it. Well, well, they did get a 96% review on Rotten Tomatoes, but that's for us to decide. Yeah, and uh, Wonder Woman does come out this Friday, so thanks, John, for that email. Um, I will be seeing it. I'm, I plan on seeing it, too. i got to make some time. Yeah, so that'll be next week's uh, main topic. Um, I hope that uh, DCEU will actually make a good movie this time, because if not, then i got a rant prepared for next Tuesday. Good. You know everybody loves Victor Rants. Uh, well, for, for the sake of my health and blood pressure, let's hope I, we don't take it there next week. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, thank you guys for your emails. As always, you can uh, catch us on uh, Codex Prime Podcast at gmail.com. And you can catch us our episodes on the following platforms. Carl, what are those platforms? 
can we get to the question of the week first? Oh yeah, I forgot about the question Jesus. of the week. Jesus. <laughs> <man. laughs> All right. Last week's question of the week was wrestling related. Uh we want to say what was your all-time favorite heel turn? Um Victor indicated that he the his most memorable one was when Hulk Hogan uh turned and joined the NWO, which was indeed legendary. Mine's was also mine's was um I included that one, but mine's was um when Shawn Michaels turned his back on Marty Jannetty and threw him through the barbershop window. Yep. That was real. As an eight-year-old kid watching that, that was real. So, on Facebook, Matt Killian says, Hogan and Shawn, Shawn Michaels are my two favorites for sure, but if I had to pick one besides then, I loved when Seth Rollins turned on the shield. Very good. Hmm. Caught, caught me off guard. Yep. Jerome Lima says, Hogan beat... Hogan becoming Hollywood as my all-time favorite because I never liked Hogan until he became Hollywood. Mm. And then Kevin Lena Lima says, Tugboat into Typhoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a good laugh at that one. Natural disasters. Oh, man. All right. So this week's question of the week. What was your favorite movie-based video game? Movie-based video game. So like a video game based on a movie? Yes. Um, favorite uh, movie-based video game? I'm, I'm going to go with uh, The Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay. You like a, something that involves Vin Diesel? Yo, Pitch Black is, a, is really cool, except Chronicles of Riddick, the movie that was garbage. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember watching that in the theaters. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine was The Lion King for Sega Genesis. Okay. Yeah, I played that. The Super Nintendo version was cool too. It's literally the same thing. Yeah, but the Super Nintendo had better graphics and sound. It did, it did, but yeah, it was literally the same thing. I I got so good in that game, I was able to, I was actually able to beat that game on hard in like twenty minutes. Oh wow! Oh, I think that's probably the fastest I've ever beaten any video game. Wow, that's what's up. Yeah. So yeah. Let us know that that will be up on our social media platforms within the next within a day or two. So uh, you can reach us on uh, Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast, Twitter at Codex Prime Cast, uh, Facebook.com slash Codex Prime, SoundCloud.com, Codex Dash Prime. You can also find us on Google Play and iTunes. Make sure you send us a, a good five star review as well. We definitely would appreciate it and help the help the show gain its popularity and move forward. Yes, indeed. And uh, next week, we will be on Facebook Live, so stay tuned for that next Tuesday. You can join right in on the conversations. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, like I said, this week's just strictly audio on SoundCloud, but, like I said, Facebook Live for next week. And iTunes. Stop, stop, stop forgetting about us, iPhone and, users. And iTunes for you uh, uh, iPhone Apple bums out there. Uh, well, well, you got to say all that. I didn't say nothing bad about Android, and now you just want to start shit. No, I don't. But anyway, uh, Android's better. But yeah, we'll catch you next week. Uh, peace out, nerds. Later.